Welcome, I'm Larry Olson, and what's on your mind? Once set, it delivers your life. To change the outcomes we want, we must change the plays we're running. Join us at Mindset Playbook with real people, real talk, for real insight. Well, I'd like to welcome all the listeners out there to our podcast, and I'm very excited today because I've got someone with us that I think you're going to find fascinating. Uh, Let me just tell you a little bit about him. Um, His name is Dave Acock. He's had tremendous success as a general manager of a large multi-franchise organization, as well as entrepreneur, consultant, and quite frankly, just about everything he's involved in. Um, Dave, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about why you're here um, and then we can kind of take it from there. All right. Well, uh, again, my name is Dave Acock. Um, I'm here with my friend Larry, who I've uh, has been a personal mentor of mine for, gosh, it's been 19 years now since 2001 when you uh, when I came into the organization at the Hiswood Auto Group. So prior to the group, I was in the Marine Corps for five years. So I was able to really kind of get a preview of some leadership experience there. And um, when I ended up meeting you and taking your life seminar that was a change for me and it made a huge impact in it. And it, for some reason, the resignation of coaching just stuck with me and I was able to kind of go through all your leadership classes and your visionator with the group. And over the years, it just has been a self-improvement, self-development, mindfulness has become just a complete passion to me, all kind of ignited by you and your organization. So I just want to thank you for letting me be here and it's a huge honor. So, well, thank you. It's a pleasure to have you by the way. Thank you. Um, yep. So, um, you know, I have a question for you. I know that you've you've gone through some transition um, from one one experience to another, and I know a lot of people when they get involved in that, they, they it can be very stressful, um, and also there's a bit of a risk involved because you're leaving something that you were you were very competent in and comfortable with, and then to move into something else, um, and being the type of guy that you are that. Uh, generally does not allow circumstances to find you. You generally manage to be successful in whatever situation you find yourself in. If you don't mind sharing, what were some of the experiences that you found yourself going through um, during this transition from one one element of your life to another? Um, sure. Um, tr- there's definitely uh, the element of fear always creeps into everybody's brain. I think when you're ever, you're so comfortable doing one thing for so long, it becomes something that you just get are used to and it's safe. Um, for me, it was a passion. It was a passion move in regards to, I wanted to help more than, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to break out of my own element and, and really kind of take a pathway that you were really on and where you're able to impact multiple people um, in a big capacity. So for me, it was more focusing on my goals and my vision and, and my kids were a big driving force to that. You always got to have some type of why um, yeah. behind what you're doing. And so that, how, did the, how did your children come into play for you, Dave? Um, it, it was kind of like burning the boats. You know, you didn't have a, I mean, it was, for me, it was a non-negotiable. It was going to be something, for one, I was going to, I was setting a, a precedence in regards to showing them, showing them what it could be, what you could do. You don't have to, you don't have to follow the status quo and, and, go down a path that's already been forged for you. Uh, um, you can go out and you can create your own path. And it was big for me to also be a big role model for them. So they could really see that you could be whatever you want. You don't have to just do what 
you know, you think everybody wants you to do. And right. so that's been a big transition. Is that, is that kind of how you, you feel you, you were kind of the path you were going on is, is there was a lot of structure in the military. And then when you got out of that, you, you got involved in some structure as well. Right. And then was the turning point um, some dissatisfaction with what was going on or was the turning point the inability to spend the kind of time you wanted to with your children? I think a little bit of, uh, I don't think it was a dissatisfaction, probably not the word I would use. Um, Coming from the military, like you said, very structured. It was, you move up in rank. That's what you did. That's how you were told you were doing a good job. And then, and and definitely uh, no doubt about it, that experience is irreplaceable. And then coming into the car business, same thing. You work your way up through an organization and you get promoted and you move up. And I got up to a level of running a store and, um, and it was more of just something burning inside of me going, I, I there's more, I need to do more and right. there, I need to take another adventure. And, uh, and that was probably the big driving point for me. Um, yeah. well, you be- know, that goes on in a lot of people's lives. I'm sure where they, they feel like there's something more, but there's also this trepidation and this, this, um, this whole fear of, of change and moving from what's comfortable to something else sometimes becomes so strong that people don't break free. Right. What, what, uh, what do you think happened for you that you were able to make that break? Um, I think in everybody's life, there's things that obviously, whether it's health or if it's a family issue for my issue, my, uh, my kid's mom was sick and ill. And so I kind of, in that she was terminal. So for me, it was more, I needed to be there as a, as, as a staple, yeah. Um, and I, I saw the writing on the wall and I also knew that um, I, I would need to be a lot more present than I was able to be being in a full-time job, running a store, managing 75 people yeah. it, where they needed me just as much as my kids did. And yeah. so for me, it wasn't a choice. Uh, I got you. And, and, and I looked at it, a terrible situation and uh, um, as a opportunity to, to give me that push, jump off the cliff without the parachute necessarily, uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yes. It does. And yeah. you, and, and so, um, did you have something specific in mind that you wanted to transition to, or, or did you just take the jump and keep your fingers crossed that you'd figure it out? Well, I, I think, yeah, over the years I had built a lot of relationships and then watching you and being part of your, being able to be friends with you and a, a mentoree of you, it was, that was a passion for me. I wanted to really get into that consulting, coaching, Uh, leadership aspect. I find one of my biggest strengths was leadership coaching. I always had a high retention at my store. Um, great relationships with my people, just everything you taught me really resonated and it picked, I picked it up very easy. It just made sense. Sure. I wanted to kind of take that to another, you know, be able to go out to organizations that don't have the liberty of having the Pernio and Larry Olson Mm -hmm. and be able to give them the same type of training and tools and, and help some organizations that people are struggling in a really poor culture with some poor leadership and help train those leaders to be better for their employees. And, and so using my, I guess from the fear standpoint, I had a lot of connections and a lot of networking going on already. Yeah. So I just, it was about putting myself out there and asking and, and just uh, my, my, uh, my plan was just to kind of give them a free consultation, go in and see if there was any low hanging fruit, maybe I could help with, maybe not. And just start with some conversations and then that worked out really well. All right. All right. Um, you know, you you were very complimentary, and I thank you for the kind words you said. But you you you've always been the kind of guy that 
um, was pretty self-directed to begin with and, and was going to make it happen anyway. Um, what do you think the difference was for you getting involved in, in the education that, that I was offering and whatnot and, and someone else that was exposed to the same education but didn't have the same take? What do you think that difference was? Oh, um, I think it's just the buy-in. I mean, I personally, I, I was very passionate on my own time of, of absorbing any information I could, whether it be a YouTube video or reading or uh, meditation, mindfulness, mm-hmm. um, leadership books, skills. And I, my passion was just my people deserve the best. My people deserve a leader that's going to, you know, take care of them and, and, and my managers. And so I just, I, it resonated with me that my, it was all about my people. And when you, when you talk about your people and the people make their organization, it, 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 I think it's a personal thing. I, I don't know if, it, if somebody else just was there for the job and, and maybe they just weren't happy or maybe their intrinsic motivators weren't being hit or, yeah. you know, it's hard to say what anybody else would say, but for me, it was, it, it just was something that just rung a chord deep down and I, I just burned it kind of lit a fire under me. Well, you know, Dave, I've 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 been around a lot of leaders in my in my in my years, and a lot of them are really good at talking the talk, and um, but you know, but with the sustainability that you had there, there was there was something more than talk that you were bringing to the party, and and how would what would you share with our listeners that was? I, I think you, for me, it was just I I truly cared about my people. I learned about their families. I learned of what their their mm. goals were. I, I wanted them to be happy. I wanted them to, I, I just, I truly cared. It wasn't about the numbers. It was more about how can we take them and make their lives better. And, okay. and so why me, did you become so passionate about that? I, I, I guess I can't, <laughs> I, I'm an empathetic person. Maybe it was my mom and okay. yeah. I, I'm from the Midwest. So call okay. me the, the Midwestern <laughs> hospitality or, uh, you know, yeah. you, always, you always hear the Midwestern people are nice people, but uh, yeah, I just well, there's so many books that are written on on people trying to find find the answer to being able to truly connect with other human beings, and uh, I think it's just really relevant of how much your background came into play on that, and yet you were such a great student as well. You know, you. I mean, you didn't just allow that to carry you forward. You 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 took more with it than, uh, than most. And I think that says a lot to, to, to why you've been so darn successful. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. So what did you do though? Did you, during this transition, yeah. were you, did the, did the doubt ever linger in or did you ever have any kind of, have I done the right thing? How did you, how did you deal with that? If that happened at all? Um, you know, I don't, honestly, it didn't. I, okay. I, Believe it or not, you hear a law of attraction and the mantras, and I, I really buy yeah. in. I, I, I'm a student of mindfulness, so okay. One thing I do every morning is, you know, one of the mantras I have is everything's always going to work out for me, and right. it's and yeah. I and I believe it and I feel it, and yeah. and it just for me, I always knew when I was in the car business or whether it's the numbers or anything else, I always believed it was going to work out, and. So that kind of that that fear element, I just I didn't allow myself to have that moment of time where it was going to let that creep in. Everybody has a you're going to have your days or your small increments of time, but I wouldn't live there. And sure. yeah, and I think through over the years learning how to build visions and and set goals and yeah. 
training your subconscious as you teach a lot of your teachings about is, is, Mm -hmm. was a huge help to me through that transition time because um, the only way your subconscious learns is obviously through repetition. And, and I'm a student, I'm still am a student of that game. It's a, it's a daily practice for anybody out there that. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you shared some of your, your, um, what some people want to call tricks to, to, to keeping yourself in the game. Mm -hmm with all of the different, different things that life is throwing at us and, and the um, situations we find ourselves in sometimes. I know personally, I have, um, when I started this university, there was, there was a lot of doubt. Um, you know, it was kind of driven from, I won't have to travel as much anymore. Right. I can be home with my family more. And, um, and the, the part of me came in, well, how the heck are you going to do this? You've never done this before. And I was certainly brought up with how important the how was before you gave yourself the right to be able to think you could pull it off. And exactly. And I think both of us have, have recognized and realized that that's not how our brain operates. Our brain just needs to know what and we'll figure out how. Yeah. And um, where, where have you seen that become a reality in your life, that not worrying about the how, but just, just knowing the vision? Um, daily. I mean, I have on my, on my mirror, I have probably 20 three by five cards and it's from personal to financial goals to career goals. And it's something I read every morning and every evening. And it's, that's the, without knowing how I'm going to do that. It's just, it's something that I just am living in that moment. And, and, and I know that my, over time, my, my, my brain's going to be hearing a new story and it's going to start believing that new story. And yeah. yeah, and just my research on the brain and everything else is how our brains work. It sees pictures. It sees you know, it doesn't know what's real or what's not. It's what we tell it. Okay, yeah. and so that's kind of if does that answer your question? Yes, you know, and I and I and you don't have to get into this if you don't want to, but but um, I think many of us deal with personal issues that come sure. into our lives that can really change the direction of our life, and. Um, or at least be a, a definite learning experience. And, and you mentioned that your wife was ill and the impact that has on children to say the least, let alone you. Um, how, how were you able to assist your children in dealing with, cause I, I know she has passed, correct? Correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how, how did, how, how, cause there's so many people out there that unfortunately are going to be in, or are in that situation. How did you find, what did you do for your children during this time? Right. And I'll back up a little bit because okay. my, uh, my, we were divorced and then, so my kids went through the divorce aspect when they were a little bit younger and then I, and then got into another long-term relationship and then that ended. So they had a lot of transition going on. And then from there, the terminal illness and then having the loss. Um, so a lot of that transition and just for me, personal growth wise was going on during that time frame and change. And, um, so the one thing that I did with my kids is that I still do is just maintain consistency mm-hmm. of safety and okay. normal and norm, normality. I mean, yeah. they don't, we try to sometimes overcompensate with, um, gifts and, and, and okay. if that makes sense. And, yeah. Instead of just being a, a constant stable person in their life and just listen, instead uh-huh. of trying to fix it all, you can't fix it. You can't, you, yeah. I wasn't able to understand what they were going through because I hadn't lost a parent yet, you know, at that time. Sure. 
So all yeah. I could be is a person that listened and was stable for them and, and talked through them and, and encouraged them to talk about it because if, if they were going to suppress it, they would just make it worse. And so I encouraged it to be safe to talk about death and talk yeah. about the loss. And yeah. 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 And now, and now what, what kind of relationship do you have now? Uh, it's, we probably uh, were the three amigos. We always call each other. <laughs> <laughs> we even, I even have the gif, you know, where you did a, <laughs> the Chevy Chase and the Martin Short and the Steve Martin. <laughs> but um, we have a very, very open relationship. I'm very, you know, uh, they talk to me about everything. We're very close. We do spend time with, I mean, my son's 19 and my daughter's 16. And oh, okay. we spend time with each other all the time. And it's and that's uncommon sometimes with teenagers because they sometimes don't want to be around their parents or they're not cool. And yeah, and I'm really proud to say that we've established a really dominant relationship where we enjoy spending time with each other and, and that's great. So, yeah, that's so cool. Especially that's through everything that they've been through. So, yeah, absolutely. And yourself and yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, what would you say through transitioning out of a career that you could have retired from? Right. You were very successful. Uh, I think a lot of times we, we start to develop some longevity with something and um, it can either it can either be a, a joy or it can be an anchor, depending right. upon how the individual's dealing with it, what's going on in their life. Um, what would you say the greatest learning was for you from leaving that um, your ex ex wife dying on you and the children? Um, what are some of the takeaways from you that would assist? assist others that are, that are hopefully never have to go through that. But, but if they do or have friends that do, they can, they can offer some advice and insights. Well, um, it's a lot to unpack there. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you, I knew you could handle it though. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No. Um, I, I think you go through uh, a lot of doubt in regards to um, how, if you're doing a good job or if you can get through it or you can handle it. Yeah. I think with your job, it gets, it gets to a place where you have to decide if it's going to be something that you're hundred percent passionate about or in, okay. you know, Simon Sinek says it best in his book where, you know, find your why if, if you're not doing it for the right reasons. And right. I think a lot of people get handcuffed to the idea of the complacency and the safety instead of, and they're always constantly looking for something different, but they're still not happy with where they're at. And I would say, you know, either tap back into where you're at and, and see where the next direction is and make sure you're setting good visions and goals. If you don't have a goal or a vision, there's nothing you're going to shoot for because you're just, you're just at that point, just trying to swim and stay alive and, and, yeah. and not drowned. Uh, the main thing for me would be the constant mindfulness exercises, working on yourself, constant growth mindset mm-hmm. is I read a lot. I constantly listen to videos every morning. I start, I, I have certain rituals I do in the morning to make sure that, I'm the best version of myself so I can be the best version for my kids and people around me. And people don't, sometimes I think what I struggled with was my parents were, my mom was very codependent. Um, That older school mindset of taking care of the, your kids taking care of the, hurt my dad. And I I inherited a lot of that where I wouldn't take care of myself and I wanted to make sure everybody else was taken care of. And one thing I've really learned is it's okay to be selfish in a way where you are taking care of yourself first making sure that you're healthy, you're eating well, you're getting the the positive things you need in your life. And in turn, you end up being better for everybody around you. 
and you're not spread thin and you're not tired all the time and you're not short fused. And yeah, I think that's wow. really tough for people. And that was really tough for me. It's been a, it's been a long journey to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, a, there's so much wisdom there. It's, it's, it's what we learn on a, on a, on a flight, you know, put your, put the oxygen on your face first before your children, you know, so perfect. Yeah. We don't pass out, <laughs> you know, well, I was going to save them. Um, it's, it uh, is very humbling to me to, to, to hear your story and to know what you've been through and, and um, how you can keep such a positive attitude with, with some very unpleasant things that have taken place in your life. And one of them you, you did on, chose on purpose, right. and that was to be able to be available for your children and, and not just tell your kids the reason I'm doing all this work is for you. Right. It's because I love you that I never see you, which I <laughs> always thought was a little, a little interesting. Um, but then, you know, something you had no control over whatsoever, because you had control over whether you stayed there or not. Correct. Right. And that, and that's something that you knew full well. Right. And, and your happiness had to, had to be first. And, and, and you, you took it even further to the point where you can't be happy if your children aren't taken care of. Right. But then the, the, you know, someone you, you cared deeply about had children with, and then had to go through the, the whole death and dying element, um, right. which one can read about in Helen Kubler-Ross's on death and dying and try to prepare themselves as best they can. But then to go through it, um, there's got to be some learnings that occur. Right. And what were some that you picked up as, um, as you were going through that? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing as a parent, when you have your kids going through a loss or even a spouse that's lost somebody is really important, is you feel helpless mm-hmm. and, and it, you want to just take it away. And, um, I always being a car guy and just in a management position, I was always a fixer. I always, you know, I really came out of that learning to listen and not fix everything in most people need to be heard. And most people need to be known that you care and you just want to, they just need to, they need someone to just listen to and they don't need someone to fix everything. And that was a big turning point for me and my kids relationship is it wasn't, they came to dad and dad was going to fix it all. And I, once I realized that was the, the secret recipe to a relationship, you know, it it was a game changer. And so many times we move through our lives, you know, thinking about what we're going to say next instead of listening to that person. And yeah, I remember I I was, I was so humbled when you were having challenges with your son and um, you know, we had some conversations about it. And where I, where I really was most impressed with you is a lot of people can get information and not implement it. Right. And you implemented it and tweaked it and owned it and, 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 and it became yours and it was yours because you, you just, you know, there's all the information in the world out there. But if we don't decide for ourselves that we're going to put it into practice, right. Um, there's no learning that occurs. And I, I remember that, you know, there were times when there was a little friction between you and your son. Right. Which is certainly understandable yeah. as we're trying to seek our independence from our, from our parents. But there's also that other side of us that want nothing more than to please our parents. Yep. Um, so what were some of your learnings through that with your son? You know, it, there was a, 
it's kind of like the, you know, there's tons of books out there on leadership and everything else, but there's no really manual on how to parent. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's so many different, uh, our natural reaction, just like in organizations and businesses, our natural reaction is to punish and to yeah. parent my fear. And, uh, you know, I went down that road and I tried that and take away this and take away that and, and just kept getting the same results and kept getting worse and mm. more pushback and more conflict. And finally, you know, just like everything else is, I went back to kind of school and, and used every resource I could from talking to you to reading to just taking a different approach with him in regards to just listen, man, I'm on your team. Let's this. One of the best advice actually you gave me, Larry, one time was, um, and you, I've heard you use this a lot too when we're speaking to our people is, I see, I saw, I would, I told him, I saw him as a person that was dynamic and just amazing and responsible. And, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I painted this, I painted a picture of how I really saw him and he wasn't acting the way I, I actually saw him. And I, and I put that responsibility back onto him where I wasn't attacking him. And, but, but I wanted holding to, him to a higher, higher yeah. level himself. And, and just kind of connecting from that route and then yeah. just and then started being like, how do we need to almost flipping in, into a more coaching role where I think parents get a little bit af- afraid to they're, they're going to have this line that's drawn in the sand that if you cross over it, now they're friends and you're not the parent anymore. Instead yeah. of just being a, a mentor and they, they do, they will love you no matter what. I think, yeah. you know, there's been a you hear about abusive relationships and everything else with kids and they still want that respect from dad or mom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. just the fact that you could have a long-standing relationship. My 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 mission on that was I wanted to be close with my son for the rest of my life. Oh, okay. And I think everybody gets to that point when they're dealing with disciplinary actions or they're and their kids are pushing back or they're rebelling out is to put you know be that hammer. Yeah. And what happens is you end up separating and they run away from you. Yeah. And I, wow. I I just I didn't want that to have happen. And, and in my situation, it was just me. Well, you know, after their mom passes away, it's a stable person. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you know, what you said is so powerful. I was talking about it in leadership today. I've got a new group of leaders and, and um, they're going through the exercise with the letter L in leadership. Remember that when you had to write vision statements of two other people. Yep. And pick someone that's kind of annoying to you. Yeah. You know, but so most people are just keep hoping the person doesn't come to work or that they, um, you know, end up getting another job, but they just bother them for some reason. And the idea, which you brought up with your son, is to see them the way you'd like them to be. Exactly. And treat them that way. And it is amazing when these leaders come back and they share what their experience was, how, how unique the relationship is now to someone that that they didn't like to someone that they, they found out how much they have in common and, and all they needed to do was see more than them than the person did in themselves. And yeah. And I think that's a lot of things that happen is we have these from, from our backgrounds or just the status quo of society is this cause and effect relationship where you have to do something to get some respect or you have to do this to get this, you know, approval. And, and it's backwards where if we empower our people and our kids and our people in our lives that we see them this way, you're already here. You already got a, A. (laughs) (laughs) now it's just time to, you know, show me that you're, I already know you got an A. I know you're an A plus student. You're a 4.0, you know? Yeah. 
you know, and yeah. just because you're not, you're not, uh, you didn't get an A on that test doesn't mean we can't work really hard and get you back where I know you are. And having that same type of conversation with leadership too has always been something that I always took to very heart. And, and, and I, and the, I, that's how I wanted to be managed. And I guess to answer your question from earlier is what yeah. drove me passionately. I have this, I always put myself in a situation where I was in their shoes and mm. really honed in on the empathy of that is how do I like to be managed and why would I act any differently? Because am I going to, I wouldn't give the respect to that person if they were acting that way towards me. And I really always tried to take the good and the bad out of the leaders that I were able to be around and implement, you know, my own style. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, um, I, I could talk to you for hours. I think this, <laughs> this has been really, there's so many, there's so many different areas of our lives and this whole quest all of us have is to, to get through life as unscathed as possible and have as many positive memories and to, and to relish every moment. Um, and we don't realize sometimes how, how we can't even be present that we're, our brain is like the chipmunk, right? Jumping in any direction that happens to come to mind and can cause us to not be present. And one thing that has always impressed me about you is whenever we're together, you always make it about myself. And, and I, I, I see that why you have people that want to be with you and that we're so disappointed when you left and, and um, you know, are you're still in contact with, you know, you still have relationships with, with the people that you you've met years and years ago um, that you've always made room for, for everyone. And um, I just compliment you on that. And I'm very proud of you for being that type of individual because it's one thing to talk to people about how important it is that you make the customer number one and that you, that you listen and that you remember what Roosevelt said, you know, or apparently he's given credit for it, that people don't care what you know until they know that you care. You live it. And, um, and I think that's really what separates you is, is you read and you study, but then you apply. Right. And, um, what, why do you do that? Why do you think you apply it instead of just, wow, that's a great idea. You know, someday I'm going to put that into practice. Um, because it's, there's just proof in the pudding. I mean, your brain, I mean, it's a choice. I mean, everything we talk about is what, if we choose to have a positive attitude or a negative attitude, it's completely our choice. Yeah. And when you live in the present and when you're focused and when I'm with you and I'm talking to you, there's nobody else. This is it. This is the moment. Like there's no other moment (laughs) I can think about 40 other things, but that's not even real. But you're in front of me, you're real. And for me, that's, I, I, and I find it when you get to a place where you, and it's not all the time, we all get off on track, off track and everything else. I'm not saying I'm like this most, I'm not a Buddha or always present, but I mean, yeah, I, I, over time, your brain, you develop mindfulness where you're able to get off track, but pull yourself back. And it's a muscle just like going to the gym. And what I've learned is just as much as taking care of your body is taking care of your mind. Your, your mind gets stronger. You build every time you learn something, you make a new neural connection. I mean, yeah. why do I do it? It's just because it works. It's, yeah. it's, I see the benefit every day. I, I, I'm happy. 
I choose to be happy and, <laughs> and why not? It's better than being not. The alternative I hear just absolutely is not, uh, not exciting at all. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I feel like if you practice it, the more you live it, the more easier it comes. Yeah. And then well, when you have those horrible moments in life that we can't avoid and death and destruction and, and challenges and, and job and health, you're able to, you're able to stay, um, at a, at a different perspective and be able to get through those tough times a lot easier when you're in the right mindset. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. And, uh, I just want to tell you how, how much it's meant to me that you've taken your time and allowed me to ask a few questions. And I know some of them are kind of personal and I really appreciate you sharing because I think that if we can and make it about, creating a better environment and experience for those around us. It's almost selfish because then we, we enjoy life more. Absolutely. And you personify that. And uh, I thank you for being on this podcast and, and um, being there for me when I had moments of doubt and you'd come in and, and remind me of who I was. And, um, and then I wanted to be more like that. So I think it's really important that not only who we surround ourselves with, but, but that we get to a point in our life when we realize it's not about us. Absolutely. And um, that's well, how been, you make me feel. So thank it's you. It's been an honor. I mean, being able to know you and the courses and the work you guys put into making sure people are being educated. And I think that's the biggest downfall is people don't know how to, how to do this stuff. They don't know how to set goals or visions or how their brain works. And mm-hmm. you come in and, and, and be able to impact and teach and share that knowledge has just been invaluable. It's changed my life. And I know I can speak from, you know, hundreds of people that who've gone through your courses. I mean, it's the same way it's, you're making a difference and it's, and I'm just honored to be part of your podcast and part of your, and have this conversation, honestly. So, right. Well, we'll have to do it again. Absolutely. You've been delightful. I want to thank you for being here. And, uh, um, I just look forward to, to our next opportunity to, you have you pump me up because, uh, that energy is contagious, and I think everybody ought to catch it and uh, spread it as much as they possibly can. Well, the feeling's mutual, and I, I appreciate uh, allowing me to be on the show. So, All right. Well, thank you, David. It's been a All pleasure. right. Have a good night. You as well. Thank you for listening. In this next episode, Larry will take the nuggets and key insights to prosperity and joy by expanding upon the last three episodes. Join us and learn how failure is just a word, not the end, that your greatest doubt is your greatest learning, and that changing your life should be an exciting and prosperous adventure.